0: Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan.
1: Hello, everybody. Today on the podcast, we have Madison Sanders of Madison Sanders Events. She's a wedding planner and event designer since 2014 and also... We went to high school together. So this is kind of a fun little Kansas City boss babe little episode where you get to hear all about Madison's fun and amazing business journey. But
0: she's not just any boss babe. like She has done a lot. She's gone from working for other agencies to building her own business and even growing an agency where she has other plannings other planners working for her. So we talk about how that entire process worked, what she invested in along the way, and how she was able to utilize relationships with vendors, as well as leverage the relationships she created with her clients to continue to grow her business. I'm super excited to jump in. I just want to warn you, even if you're not in the wedding industry, there's so many valuable nuggets here. So please give it a listen. Hey, Madison. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Oh, it's been so great. I've loved getting to know you in like more intimate Kansas City type settings. <laughs> it's like... Funny to like. I feel like I'm introducing you to this like online universe, and we know all
2: these people. Yeah, well, I'm so honored to be a part of it. Thanks. It's been so fun to get to know you guys too, and was just super excited to be asked to join you.
1: Oh well, and throwback. We went to high school together. So we did. Yes, you guys. I totally <laughs> forgot that. that was- I know. It's it
2: feels like two separate worlds, doesn't it,
0: Emily?
1: Oh my god, I'm yeah. just like, what part of my life was that? Yeah.
0: <laughs> so funny. So I want to go back to like, typically, we definitely don't normally do this where we're like, tell us about the beginning of your business. But I think for a lot of people, especially in the wedding industry, and if you're not in the wedding industry, you're still going to take away a lot of stuff from today. So don't you worry. But I think it's really important to know like, where to start and like, Mm -hmm. how you're able to grow that base that makes It function moving forward. So Mm -hmm. I want to go back to the very beginning. And how were you initially getting clients in the door? And like, how did you even start your business initially?
2: Sure. So I am born and raised Kansas City girl in the suburbs of Kansas City, Liberty, Missouri, more specifically, and went down to college in Fort Worth, Texas at Texas Christian University. In my time there, I interned with some fabulous Dallas-Fort Worth wedding planners. And if you can imagine, the Dallas-Fort Worth wedding scene is completely different animal than Kansas City. But it 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 was an incredible place to learn and to really get my feet wet and just really determined that this was the path that I wanted to go on and that I wanted to make a name for myself in this industry and to be able to serve my own clients. So all started down in Dallas Fort Worth. I moved back to Kansas City where I worked in corporate event planning to start. I was doing weddings on the side with another firm in town, then had the opportunity to come on full-time with that other firm and serve their clients as. As their lead wedding planner and to really just make a lot of fabulous relationships with our network of vendors here in Kansas City. I work with some fabulous creative partners who have really served as a huge referral base for me. I think that this industry similar to a lot of other service-based industries, runs on word-of-mouth referral. So we are relying on great relationships that are built with other partners so that they can then tell their clients, you need to have Madison Sanders events as a part of your team to make your day successful. So I, I use that that season of life, that experience with another firm to build relationships. I always had entrepreneurial spirit. So I knew that at one point I would be jumping off and starting this business I didn't know what that would look like at the time or how quickly it would grow. That's been a really exciting adventure, but it really would stem from that initial experience, I would say, that very first job that I had in the Kansas City wedding industry, the relationships that stemmed from that. And then it kind of set me off as a really good base for my business from past clients that I had worked with. Their bridesmaids started coming to me, their brothers and sisters. They knew that they had seen how seamless everything was when we worked together originally, and they wanted Wanted that for their wedding as well. So it just seemed like a really natural fit for them to continue that relationship with me for the future events that they had to plan.
1: So outside of like always having the entrepreneurial spirit, like this leaving the safety of working with an established firm, like that's terrifying and that can be very scary. So what other draws outside of that, other than like, I just always want to go out on my own, really solidified making that transition for you.
2: So to be totally candid with you, I can't act like I did it all on my own. I had an incredible social support system and my husband and from our families that we knew at that point we had a good safety net, like a some income that had been built up, an emergency fund, if you will, so that it would carry me through for the first six months to make sure that when I jumped off and I did this, we weren't being left without any source of income. So I would say his support in that and his kind of like push and ability with his job to be able to allow me to explore that really helped. Yes, there's the spirit involved, but there's a lot of hard work that's involved. I worked endless amounts of hours kind of juggling this initial startup and finishing what I was doing with the previous firm to make sure that I still had solid relationships when I yeah. jumped off of it and that there was going to be money coming in the door. I had talked with a lot of people in advance of making that decision and it had a lot of affirmation that, like, yes, this is a route that you need to go. This only makes sense. So that helped in terms of confidence. But practically speaking, I really think a lot of it goes to the position I was in with my husband and I and our income at the mm-hmm. time to be able to do that. 100%.
0: So what did you, you started this business and you were like getting it off the ground. Was there anything that you were initially like, I need to invest in this to be successful? Or were you just like, I'm just going to do it? I got my binder. I got
1: my connections and I'm just going to
0: make it happen. (laughs)
1: Like,
0: did you like, did you get any software? Did you like Mm -hmm. work with any person? Like, I'm just curious, like.
2: Yeah, so there's a lot of trial. There's a lot of trial and error involved in that. So I think in the beginning stages, unfortunately, you do invest in a lot of things. Uh, I kind of was a little haphazard with it, and I thought, oh, they're using this, I need that. They're they are investing in this software, this organization platform, I need that too. And so I had a lot of subscriptions mm-hmm. in the beginning that I later on had to go back and kind of fine tune and realize like that is not serving me well. That's not serving my clients well. It's costing me money. I'm not getting a return on my investment. It's constantly evaluating that, even today, where I have to look at all of our expenses that are going out to make sure that it's actually practical and makes sense for the business and for profitability. But I would say in the beginning, some initial investments that I made, there aren't a ton because there's not a lot of capital. I am the product and service. I am what clients are seeking. It's my brain more than anything, which is very valuable, <laughs> but I had already invested in that from other experiences. Definitely had to invest in things like technology, like a laptop that allowed me to work at home and on the go. I had to get a nice iPhone. I know that sounds silly, but to be able to communicate and to have great pictures and just portfolio. And of course, social media is so big in this industry. So being able to stay connected that way. And then other than that, as the as I built up a better network and I had a really great client base, I realized the next step for me was investing in a space outside of my home. Where my husband and I live on the outskirts of Kansas City, it's not always the most conducive to my clients to be able to travel to meet me. I was spending all of my time on the road, I, honestly, hours and hours a day meeting wow. clients at venues in their homes and coffee shops all around town. So I needed to get a space outside of my home that was central for myself and for my clients and allowed them to start experiencing the Madison Sanders events client experience right away. Because you know how it is, meeting in coffee shops, it's like, you don't know if it's going to be crowded. You don't know if there's going to even be room for you or if it's going to be too loud. And that can taint your experience right off the bat. So I knew investing in a space that was my own was going to be a really important next step. And we did this. We that step last August and it's been an incredible journey since.
1: So outside of, of that, so uh, assuming that you have a website from the beginning, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, yes,
2: yes. So yeah, that's, that's great to talk about. So having an online storefront was huge and being able to showcase our work in photos because brides are very, very visual and their partners are very visual. Being able to to showcase our work, show the places in Kansas City and beyond that we work in, and information about our services. I'm very strategic in the language that I use on the website to attract that ideal client, to make sure that their expectations are being set from the very beginning. So I invested a lot of time there. I did do a lot of it myself. I utilized Squarespace in the very beginning because that's what my budget allowed. And then as the as the business grew, I upgraded. Now I'm on a show it platform, which just has been really helpful for photography and being able to showcase photos. And I just really like the way that that platform works. And I invested in designers to come on board and help me better communicate what our brand was on that online platform because everything is so online-based these days. People aren't flipping through magazines as much anymore. They're checking out our Instagram and clicking the link to our website. And so I knew that that had to be beautiful and polished and give all the information right away.
0: So – Obviously, you had some like you mentioned bridesmaids and you like brothers and sisters of these people you had worked with at your previous job, which is obviously a blessing. But how were you getting new clients in the door? Was, you know, Instagram really serving you well? Were you seeing a lot of inquiries on your website? Like, was it strictly word of mouth? Like, how were people finding out about you? I can't say it's
2: strictly word of mouth, but I would say a lot of it starts there. And then brides like to do a lot of their own research in the beginning, especially. So they were then, they were hearing the name, they're looking it up online, they're going to the website, they're looking at the portfolio, then they're checking your Instagram, they're checking your profile on the not.com or whatever advertising platform you might be a part of. I have found that being present and active in all of these different areas, the relationships I have with different venues, because that's usually the first thing that they explore, the online presence and social media and my website and all of that. I have to make sure that all of that gets my attention because I feel like it's this this idea that there's impressions that you're making at every one of those points. And it could be any one of those things that actually brings them in the door, actually encourages them to pull the trigger. But you, they want to know that you are Active on all of that. So I would say, I can't say that it came just from word of mouth, but I think it's building up all of those things so that they see and when they start doing their research, they realize, oh, this is a legitimate business that's functioning and they're active and they're doing work and they're busy and producing things that are attractive to me. And so now I'm going to reach out through really whatever's most convenient for them at that point in time.
1: Yeah. I think it's it's reiterating that trust factor that you can provide because I feel like so many of our students and so much of our audience is like okay okay I can spend all my energy on Instagram and they're ignoring the wordage on their website or they're not emailing or they're not you know on the appropriate channels for what makes sense for their industry but I think like, yes, at times, especially at the beginning, you feel like yeah. you have to be everywhere, but your your audience is coming from everywhere. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of checking those boxes of, is this business legit? Mm-hmm. Okay, I see them on the knot. I see them on Facebook. I see her on Instagram. And it's helping Absolutely. them. Absolutely. And make I think you have to be... decision to take that relationship further.
2: <laughs> I think you have to be aware of... You have to ask your yes. clients, where did yes. you find me? I had to be really intentional about asking where that referral source came from because then that allowed me, like I said earlier, I have to always be evaluating where our expenses are and where it's bringing the most return for us. And if I'm hearing, mm-hmm. if or if I'm not hearing that a client has explored some magazine ad and that's what brought them in. Then I I know at that point we need to cut that advertising because that might not actually be helpful. So, I mean, we do hear a lot. We hear Instagram, we hear from specific names of people in the industry or past brides. Um, we hear that they found us on the not.com. So, if I've gotten that feedback and that is why I continue to invest in those platforms because I know that they're providing yeah. a return.
0: So, Talk to me a little bit about some of those like industry related platforms. So, specifically, the not perfect wedding guide. I'm sure there's others. I've heard so many mixed reviews. Some people are like, you absolutely have to be on there. Like, you're stupid if you're not. Like, even if you're not getting a return, like, if you're not listed, you're just missing an opportunity. And then some people are like, it's such a waste of money. Like, so what's your take?
2: My take, and I, I you're going to get mixed reviews because I truly believe it's different for every business. And it's even different for every category within the wedding industry, the way that brides search out their cake artists is very different than the way that they search out their wedding planners or their venues. So I think, yes, it's it's valid that you're going to have a lot of mixed emotions <laughs> across the board. I really believe strongly in The Knot because in Kansas City, it has been a really good addition to our market. And it's really helped a lot of wedding professionals find and connect with the correct brides. Just the way that it's set up is very user-friendly. And I think that if it can't, if it's not easy for clients that are searching for us, they're going to dismiss it and they're not going to look at it. There are a lot of bridal shows and things that you can partake in as a planner that has not been beneficial to me. I book my clients by having conversations with them and by getting to know them and getting to hear their story. And it's in a much more intimate setting that we build a connection. In a 2,000, 5,000 person attended convention center, that is not where you're able to have those intimate connection conversations. However, for a venue, that can be really helpful. Or for a cake artist, that can be really helpful because the client has the opportunity to see the product, taste the product, sign up for the product, Right then and there, where for me there's just a lot more digging that we have to do. So I just have found that planners don't show well in that kind of environment, and that's with my specific business. Other planners might feel differently, but um, yeah, you just you have to start to look at where are what platforms are attracting your ideal client. Our clients are very social. They're highly educated. They're very active. They are busy, busy people. And so that convenience of the platforms that I listed earlier really fits into their lifestyle very well, where there are other brides that want to be very hands-on and they have a lot of time to devote to their wedding. And so going down other trails might be better for them and might lead them to their right fit, but our brides just need well, and you know that after,
1: after working with them and understanding them, and that's that's a big piece of like again asking them, but truly understanding how do they interact with these different social platforms, and then showing up in the same way as they're already interacting. Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: And I think that that's something that, that plays in the wedding industry. Like I said, it plays in a lot of other service industries and even product based businesses. Being able to put yourself out there in the platform that makes sense for your client is huge.
0: So, as you've grown, have you found yourself expanding your team at all? Like, do you have any assistants or virtual assistants or someone like specifically helping you with all the social aspects? Like, I imagine there's a lot of <laughs> details to handle.
2: Sure. <laughs> yes, that's what... Our, we're in the business of details, that's for sure. I will say that in the first year, I was definitely a one-woman show. And you learn that as a one-woman show, you can't continue to thrive and prosper as a one-woman show. So that meant that, yes, I was handling all of the, the client work, but I was also tackling a lot of the management of the business and the advertising and the marketing and the social media and the just all of those things that come into play. So what I have done since that time, I've, you evaluate your business, you see what you can bear and what you can afford. And I have added on assistants. I have assistants that work for us. They do day of um, help. I need an extra set of hands. There's no way that I as one person can really execute a 200 to 400 person event by myself. So I do have assistants that come on. I also have a team of women that are event producers. So I have grown to a place now where I have other women working underneath me or men, should they be interested. If any men want to apply, hollow. Yeah. <laughs> I have women that work underneath me and take their own clients and will work with them in an event management capacity, which is more of our kind of like partial planning package where now I am focusing strictly on our full service wedding planning. So that move and kind of growing my team in that way and allowing almost this little family tree idea where I've got people now like working underneath me, but they're handling their own things. That has allowed me more time to focus on those business related tasks that I have, the bookkeeping and the accounting and all of the not so glamorous parts of my job that are absolutely necessary for us to be able to thrive and survive. So, yes, we have definitely we've grown in ways that have been really fun and it's exciting to see just so how that's how going to continue over the next bring few years. On
1: who have their own clients. Is it is are you onboarding that I don't, it would probably independent contractor, however, it set up that person to fall under the Madison Sanders brand. Mm-hmm. And like, here are the required, here's the training on like how to like, mm-hmm. because it's all under the, your umbrella, Right.
2: Yes. Yes. So uh, we have um, brand standards that are very important in systems and processes that every client, whether they are working with me or they're working with another one of our producers, follows. And they will experience the brand in a very similar way, no matter who's producing their wedding. So yes, I um, when I bring on a new event producer, what that looks like, we do have a pretty long training period that we're looking at because I need to know that the way in which they are executing weddings is the way that I want it to be done <laughs> in the way that I found to be. Most successful. So we do, we onboard, we train, and then when they start doing their own consultations, those consultations are coming to us because that client has inquired with our business. And so they I get to see all of that and I get to track all of that. I check our team's availability before I reply back to the client. Then the client gets to do a one-on-one consultation with that producer. Because I've just found in client experience it's important to kind of have that single thread, that one person that works with them from the very beginning, their very first impression, all the way through the end of the night on their wedding day. So that's, I have brought them in They are, I mean, they're working independently, but it's Mm -hmm. under, like I always have my finger on what's going on because there are things that happen. We have team members that find out that they're expecting. And so that changes the schedule and I need to know where they're at in their process so that as a team, we can accommodate that client still and serve them very well. And we do have producers that take opportunities in other States and have to move. And so we are, we're kind of catering to that too that's not this doesn't happen very often but we just have to be prepared and so I've just found that I can't let go of that completely maybe that's control freaking me but that's also why we've been able to be successful with this model is because we've got some umbrella over everyone making sure that they're experiencing the brand the same way and that there's just consistency throughout their experience with us
0: so why and this is just I mean everyone has their reasons (laughs) but I want to know your reason why create the agency model versus just charge, you know, double, triple, quadruple your prices and work with, you know, you know, five to ten clients a year and just have this really premium price model with your clients.
2: Yeah, so we um, I still am the only one that handles all of our full service wedding planning. So if somebody is going to work with our team and do full service wedding planning and design, they will be working with exclusively me and they do pay a premium price just because that is in high demand. The reason I decided to create this model, and I went back and forth on it a lot in my early years, just because I wasn't sure that I was going to be able to foster that experience with other people. That's really nerve wracking. When you've built a brand that is your name, essentially, people tie that to it. And so I had to almost treat Madison Sanders as like, and this, I'm going to just dream big for a moment, but like we're thinking like Martha Stewart, right? When you think Martha Stewart weddings, are you working with Martha Stewart No, you are not. But there's just this, like, it's this household name. It's this brand. And so I had to kind of shift my thinking into that Madison Sanders has got to be bigger than me and if I want it to grow to be as big as I hope that it could be. And I think I I also realized in in creating this model that there – I am – I am very proud of the work that I've done, but I am not always going to know the best way to do everything. And I do really have this desire to build a team and to mentor and to train. That's what kind of sets my heart on fire is when I have the opportunity to cheer on the successes of the women around me and kind of support and encourage them. And this was a really neat way to use that gift and also have it benefit my, fi- my family financially. So there is a hope, too, that I am not going to be as present as I always am because I would like to grow a family and I would love to be able to travel with my husband and not work 30 weekends a year. And I think the only way to do that and to still serve our clients well and to accommodate the demand that we have and still be premium priced is to kind of grow that agency model. So that's where where that kind of stemmed from.
0: Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast.
1: Talk to me about the process of, because we are shifting into learning this better as well. How do you go from creative to one woman shop to like, you're running everything to an agency model where you're managing people and having to learn how to be a boss in an entirely different way, where it's not the micromanage, like we all we've all had the bad bosses, right? And we that we don't want to be like, and oftentimes, no matter how big we've ever dreamed our businesses of yeah. being, that's not really the realm that we sit and think about, like one day, I'm going to be the boss of all of these other people. And, and this is how I'm going to do it. And so how have you really transitioned to that? What, what have you learned that's helped you figure out that role best?
2: It's again, trial and error. I am not always the perfect manager and I rely heavily on clear communication with myself and with my team. And I, when we start from the very beginning, I have very honest conversations with them that (laughs) there will come a time when I am driving you crazy and there will come a time when you are driving me crazy. And we need to be able to talk about that and we need to be able to be honest with one another so that we can get through that. I mean, we are women. We are emotional beings sometimes. We take uh-huh. things personally. I can't speak for every woman in the world, but I'm speaking for myself, where sometimes th- the clear communication just that can really resolve a lot of problems. So, how did I get? I guess you're back to your question. How did I get through and kind of work through that? Not perfectly, not always beautifully, not always gracefully, um, but I try my best to get people in place that are eager to learn, that really. Identify with our brand that they understand that this is teamwork. This is not an I situation. This isn't even really about Madison Sanders. This is about Madison Sanders events as a business. How can I help you? How can I help you grow? I mean, we're talking about all these things in the very beginning, and we take things very slowly. So if there is. there comes a time where one of my event producers realizes, you know what, this isn't the place for me. And this isn't where I feel like I'm going to be able to flourish. She can come to me honestly and say, I don't feel like this is where I'm going to flourish. And there won't be this like big uproar. It's going to be, thank you for telling me. I appreciate that feedback. Now let's put a game plan in place to one, still so serve our clients well, and two, help you move on to what's better for you. So I think communication is everything in this industry with our clients and internally as a team. And so making sure that I have evaluations at different points throughout the year to for them to have a free opportunity to say, hey, this is working and this isn't. And without feeling like we need to have some like crazy sit down out of nowhere that everyone feels nervous about. So- I think, yeah, just kind of outlining those expectations at the beginning has been really, really beneficial for our team. How have
0: you, I know this sounds dumb, but like, how do you know what your expectations are at the beginning? Like if you're building a team and they're so fresh, like Mm -hmm. you're making a lot of guesses as to what you need from them. So do you like define out like your, like, you know, old school style, like I'm going to write your job description and my expectations of you. Like, has that been helpful or is, am I just missing something?
2: No, you're not missing anything. I do actually think that we have to be a little bit old school. I think we do have to write out job descriptions. And I kind of had to look at my company as a whole in the direction that I wanted it to go at where I thought that I wanted it to go a couple years ago and outline myself like I am the CEO and these are the things that I will handle. And these are all the other tasks that need to be done. And from all of these other tasks that need to be done, I need to start assigning those out to different people so that we can kind of... So we can make sure that everything gets accomplished. There was a book that I read in the very beginning of my entrepreneurial journey called The E-Myth. I don't have either of you read The E-Myth. The entrepreneurial myth is the idea. And so it's you can buy it on Amazon, like paperback copy, super cheap. Everybody needs to buy it. But it really helped me. If you wanted to grow your business to that scale or you wanted to scale your business, it broke down the steps in which to do that and how to be forward thinking in the beginning. But then also allowing yourself and giving yourself grace to... To reevaluate as you go. And that's where I think those evaluations are really important that you have these initial expectations and the way you think things are gonna go, but also remembering that we're humans and we have to be fluid and we have to be flexible because things change throughout our working relationships and there's new demands on the business every week. There's new things and ways that we're growing as a business and new needs that I have. And so that's where my responsibility comes in. Okay, things are changing a little bit. Let's talk about this as a team, let's tackle this together. Let's figure out how this can best serve everyone involved. So I think it's writing it down in the beginning for sure. And then also allowing your well, great yourself some grace to I mean. kind of change and be fluid <laughs> it's with it.
1: All. It's so hard.
0: Okay, okay. I guess I guess we need to have another meeting, yeah. Emily. Why do we always uh-huh. every <laughs> time I swear to you? Yeah, every for our time ourselves. Have a podcast, yeah.
1: We leave yeah. This I is like, why we so guys so bring you it. people <laughs> who know shit that we don't know. So you yeah. can learn some things. I think <laughs>
2: Yeah, I think you do. And that's, I mean, that's a great point too. I think there has never been a time where I have not needed to lean on or rely on the help of other people in my industry or in industries that are similar. So I, I mean, I had to get over myself in the beginning and realize that there are a lot of people that could teach me a lot of things and I needed it all. All it took was me not being scared to ask those questions or to reach out for advice. The beauty of the world we live in today is there's so many great Facebook groups and there's so many places where you can call out Mm -hmm. to other entrepreneurs and say, Hey, I'm struggling with this. Can you help me? And, or what would you do in this incident? And there are so many people that will rise up and help you. It's just kind of like, you got to humble yourself to, to be open to that advice and to that learning experience Um, or else you're going to be missing out.
1: I think this is like getting kind of deep. Uh, what, what sets you apart from everyone else? What makes Madison Sanders events different than everyone else? And obviously, it was strategic. I know you well enough just in this conversation to know. It was very intentional. So talk to us about that.
2: Sure. So when I um, when I worked for another firm, I really like I had a desire to create a brand that was my own because the way in which I was interacting with my clients in that capacity was very different than a lot of the other, of a lot of my other coworkers. And so when I started Madison Sanders events, I was, I wanted to be very clear in the beginning what our mission was and why I was doing this. If I didn't have a why behind my business, then there was no point mm-hmm. to me like spending mm-hmm. all of my Saturdays with everybody else's friends instead of my own. <laughs> so I, um, I, I started Madison Sanders events with this idea that we were wedding planning and event design with the focus on the beauty of marriage. So what sets us apart is that, yes, I am going to make sure that this day is perfect, that the details are beautiful, that there's nothing that is left untouched. However, if we lose sight of the why, if we lose sight of the reason why we're putting this wedding together, the fact that you are actually getting married to this person and you're starting a life with them after this, then all of our work is for nothing. So with my clients, I'm very intentional in sharing that. Out with them in the beginning that I am here to take away a lot of the logistic burdens, a lot of the stresses, and hopes that you can go on a date night or two and talk about something other than the wedding plans. Your days should not be consumed with what linen or cocktail napkin color we're going to have. Let me take over some of that so that you can talk about something other than the wedding. So I wanted to develop a why for this business so that we were set apart because everybody's going to tell you they're going to alleviate stress. Everyone's going to tell you they're super organized. Everyone's going to tell they're stylish and design savvy and fun. Well, that's great. But why do we want clients coming in the door? Who do I like to work with? It's the clients that are really just excited to have all of their family and friends under one roof, mm-hmm. celebrating their marriage, and kind of having a, and a kick-ass party to kickstart it all off. So that was kind of, that was what sets us, that's what sets us apart more than anything else is just that mission well, to I love help that our clients started with your mission. This be intentional through the entire process. Like
1: start with your why. And then the why deeper than that. Like why are you hustling? On the weekends, on the nights, on the whatever, why are you sacrificing all of this for the bigger picture? But I love that you take that also into every single client. So like, for all of you service based people listening who work who are working with clients, try Mm -hmm. integrating that into your relationship process with them as well, like digging deeper into, okay, you're booking me for this, but why and like, what is the point for us? completing this project together or this event or whatever it may be, and actually having that conversation. I think that's genius to really open that up, not only sharing like your business mission and like why you are even doing what you're doing, um, but recognizing that that's a valuable piece to make every successful project, you know, run, run off well. Mm -hmm. So I love it. Absolutely. Mm -hmm.
2: And I found that when sharing that with clients, it will resonate with some and it will not resonate with others. And that is a really good way for me to find out from the very beginning if we're going to be a good fit. Because if I tell someone that and they're like, oh, that's really nice. Okay, so how much do you cost? And what's this going to look like? I know right there that that might not be somebody who's really going to fit into that category as our ideal client. However, if somebody comes out of the gate and expresses like, I love my fiance so much and I am so excited for this day. And like, we just want to focus on hospitality for all of our friends and our family. And we just want this day to be special, but I don't want to like wait for it to be over. You know, because we've all had those friends that are like, I cannot wait for this wedding to be over. This is just too much. I tell people if they're saying that, then like we've got a problem. And so in those initial conversations, I can just find out very quickly, like, does this resonate with you? Is this something that you can identify with in some way that we're going to be able to serve you well or not? And if it's not, then that's okay. You There are so many fabulous planners and Kansas City, I'm sure that you'll find the right fit for you. We just want to be really intentional with our time because our time is precious and life is short.
0: Well, and I'm going to guess because at this point, everything you've done is very intentional and like planned. So I'm going to (laughs) guess that after the wedding, you don't just like say, Mm -hmm. Ta ta, have a good life. Like, I'm. I'm ha- I have a feeling okay, there's right. some sort no. of, like, wrap up <laughs> to this whole process with, with you. Yeah. So talk to us a bit about, you onboarded, but, and you, like, told them the why, yeah. and you got them excited, and then you planned their whole wedding, and then they had the best day of their life, hopefully. And then, um...
2: Yes. <laughs>
0: and then, school, like, what are you doing? And then what?
2: So... Yeah, we um, and we do stress in the beginning too. We don't want this to necessarily be like the best day of your entire life because what then do you have to look forward to? (laughs) We so we tell them like it will be the most celebrated, the most highly photographed day of your life, but it is still just one day. So let's keep that in mind. But when Mm -hmm. I when I send them off into the sunset, Mm -hmm. that yeah, it doesn't stop there and it can't stop there. I do. I mean the best part of my job is the relationships that I'm building with them. And if I'm truly building a true relationship with someone, it can't just stop after our working relationship. It has to continue past that. So I um, I do keep in touch with my clients on social media following. I do. We just implemented a new gifting strategy for our clients so that when we're onboarding them, they're getting a taste of our brand right off the gate and they're feeling surprised and delighted. And then at the end of the experience, they're also getting a thank you because they have trusted us with something. Something huge and we take that very seriously. So we want to to thank them and gift them with something at the end. And then there is kind of some follow-up conversations that we have in the weeks after the wedding because usually they are leaving for a honeymoon on Sunday or Monday and then we want to allow them to just be totally present and enjoy that. But when they come back, we do have some housekeeping items just because we have tended to so many details for them. There's just so many things that on the day of that, hey, there might have been like one final incidental bill that needs to be taken care of or there might have been Something left behind and we want to make sure that this gets into your possession here because I know that this was important to you so I have a housekeeping email that I'll kind of send out sometimes that's to the bride sometimes it's to the mothers because we are working very closely closely with mothers and fathers as well so I will be in communication with them afterwards and then I think it's really important to some people feel differently about this but I do like to ask for a review of our services one because it's going to help yeah. other potential clients to get a taste of what it is actually like to work with us and if you don't ask for the review, you really can't get the review sometimes. Uh, most people do not just take it upon themselves to go online and to write those. So I want to make it easy for the them to
1: The people
2: who so. do are complaining. <laughs> most times, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot easier to remember those yeah. things. But we, a lot of times they just get thrown back into their busy lives. And we do want to allow them the opportunity to share that because it's very helpful to those potential clients. And then we do, every once in a while, get the really sweet bride who like blasts our name out on social media and and shares with all of her friends and sends all of her people to us, which is so, so kind. Like we're so grateful for that. But there is, yeah, there's follow-up that has to happen there. And it is planned out and it is intentional because we don't want for our clients to feel like, oh, this process was over and she just forgot about me and moved on to the next bride and groom because that's just not very heartwarming. And
1: I don't like that. (laughs) Yeah. No, I love that. So what are some things you wish you could go back and do over, and change, and tweak. Oh man, I wish that I. Well, see, the thing about that question
2: is there's you learn from every single failure. I knew that when I took this step into entrepreneurship that I I wanted to be solely responsible for every success of our business and every failure because I knew that those were going to allow me opportunities for growth. So no. I can't say that I regret anything. However, there are some things that would have been helpful to know in the very beginning, like setting boundaries and setting expectations. Um, In the first year or so, I think I was so – I just catered to every need and every wish and every demand of my client. And then what happened was that my family and my home life and my friendships took a major. Hit. I I wasn't being present where I was needed. And so I wish that I would have been more intentional about setting office hours in the beginning. Every other business has this ability to set office hours. And you know that if you call Mm -hmm. after 5 p.m., you're probably not going to get a response until the next day at nine. So why is it that the wedding industry has to be so backwards? I'm giving myself my entire day, typically from 9 a.m. on a Saturday till 2 a.m. on Sunday morning to a client. Mm -hmm. So why is it that? That I can't take a two day weekend? Or why is it that I don't have the opportunity to catch up on my own personal things just like everybody else in the world? So I wish I would have been more intentional with office hours in the beginning because I think that that would have provided more efficiency within my business. I would have been more productive within the time that I had those office hours. And I would have just devoted more time to my marriage that I am so passionate about for my clients. Like I need to be able to also give to my own marriage so that the things that I'm saying aren't completely phony and that <laughs> I'm actually living them out. That's I think that that would be the biggest thing is is setting yeah. that right out of the gate.
1: Agreed. Same. So,
0: let's <laughs> go into talk strategy to so me. I want you to kind of I go back and just give us, back, you know, five action steps for someone who's really looking to not only take their business seriously but scale beyond the one woman shop. What are five things you feel like they really need to be either keeping mindful of or putting in place inside their business to make sure they're best suited for that?
2: Sure. Number one, you've got to have a mindset mindset shift in the very beginning that this is a business. This is not an expensive hobby and you need to treat it like a business. So putting business like practices in place, uh, that means getting yourself like an LLC or like registering your business with the state or whatever that looks like for you. And then getting business cards and getting an accountant and the things that really aren't so fun but are absolutely necessary for your success, you've got to start treating it like a business. If you treat it like an expensive hobby, that's all it will ever be for you. And I um, I don't have time for that. So <laughs> you gotta, you've got to treat it like a business from the very beginning. Um, I think in order to um, – I had to start focusing on profitability. I had to make sure that the time that I was spending with my clients was actually – there was a return on the end. Investment and I had to start recording what my processes were so that we could make sure that every part of the process was actually profitable and that there weren't things that I was wasting. Because in this industry, with it being service based and we're relying on my brain and my connections and all of those things, my time is very, very important. It's not my product, it's my time. So making sure that you're being as efficient as possible with your clients so that you can be as profitable as possible. If you're looking to scale too, you've got to be able to outline your own processes, making sure that you record like from that very beginning step all the way to the end step and all the minutiae in between Mm -hmm. so that – when you are training someone, they can do it like you do it. They can put their own flavor on it and add their own personality, but making sure that we are hitting on all of the different steps that really enhance the client experience. Because if you don't, if you don't record it, they'll never know and you'll mm-hmm. never know how to train them through it. So that would be number three.
0: No, well, that's great. I think that's <laughs> awesome. So um, if okay. people are looking <laughs> okay. to connect with you, how can they find you online?
2: I think I'm most present on Instagram. So you'll see our beautiful weddings that we produce on our feed on the tiles there. And then you'll see some behind-the-scenes details and more of my face on our Mm -hmm. stories. So Instagram is a great way to connect. That is at Madison Sanders Events, at Madison Sanders Events on Instagram. We're also on Facebook under Madison Sanders Events. And then we are not very active on Twitter. So if you would like to look us up there, it's... Yeah, it's at Madison Sanders E because they have that darn limit on characters and I can't Mm -hmm. fit events in there.
1: Well, we'll post all those links in the show notes so you guys can know where to go. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, Thank you guys so much. This has been so fun. And it's just, it's really
2: neat just to rehash like where this business has been and it makes it really, yeah, you do. You feel like a girl boss afterwards. Like you said, you feel just like you've got it all figured out. So thank you for having me.